Listen, so I never, ever thought that I would be in the field that I'm in. I mean, you could not have told me that I would be a licensed professional counselor because that was never a part of my plan. Never. When I tell you that God just truly has a sense of humor, I didn't even see this coming because from the age of seven, I had my own idea of what I wanted to do with my career. But when I think about and just reflect back to the journey of being a counselor, um, I just, I, I feel like while God was changing the story that I had written for my life, emphasis on I, you know, he was also at the same time changing my heart. Have you ever asked God, what in the world are you supposed to do with your career? Have you ever felt like you were stuck at the job that you were in, like it didn't match your personality or your talents, and you are wondering, what in the world do I do next? Has God ever disrupted your plan and just put you on a whole new course in your career? That's what we're talking about today in this next episode. You are listening to a single moment podcast with your host, Deanna Seals. so young but man did I know that at the time I wanted to be a medical doctor I wanted to be the surgeon from the age of seven I can't even recall um you know when I saw something on tv but I know that I had got like a chemistry set for Christmas I got probably a medical bag a stethoscope but I, I wanted to be this doctor, more so a surgeon. And so over time, it went from I wanted to be a neurosurgeon to cardiothoracic surgeon, but I was pretty much stuck on neurosurgeon for a very, very long time. I mean, I got Ben Carson's book, Gifted Hands. I mean, I was a fan of Ben Carson, the neurosurgeon. It was, if you knew me, you know that I talked about being a doctor. My family knew that that was what I wanted to do. But, you know, at the time, I didn't know at seven and eight and nine all that it entailed, you know, from the MCAT to um, getting internships and connections. But I, I had the connections. I had internships. I had just a community of other people you know, as I got older, who wanted to be doctors, and they were young black um, kids, or just people or kids of color, who were striving to be in the field of medicine. And so I felt a sense, uh, a great sense of community, right then and there. And then I had these connections. From that community, I was, 
you know, able to have the opportunities of uh, being in, uh, scrubbing in with these doctors who, uh, I, I think I saw a man in his 90s or 80s and there was a procedure that was done and he had, I think, um, something done with his heart. I can't even remember. It was a long time ago. And I was able to see babies being born. I was in the room with them. It was a part of an internship. I had some great connections. I was afforded great opportunities to see exactly what I wanted to do or experience grand rounds. And did I, you know, they really do wake up early in the morning and at the crack of dawn and go from room to room. And as a student, I, I just observed. And I had other uh, black physicians who would give me these opportunities to observe and to get a, a small taste of what it was like to be in that field of medicine and man did I love it you know but here's the thing you know what I know now it was a dream that I had at the age of seven I had this dream um there was I remember I had to take the MCAT the MCAT stands for the medical college admissions test and you need to get a great score on this MCAT. I think the average score to even have your application perhaps even looked at was like an average of an eight. More so 10 is probably um, where it's at, a score that is, you know, will give you an opportunity to have your application really looked at to be considered um, semi-competitive, I believe more so 10 across the board. So it's like each section, I think there's three sections and you have to have a score of 10 and above to have your application considered to be competitive. And so I <laughs> took the MCAT a couple of times. You know, it is not an easy test. The medical college admissions test, it is not an easy test. People spend a lot of money to have um, a workshop, to be in a workshop so that you can have you know, the right uh, study information, the right resources to know how to take this exam. It's it's an art, so to speak, in how to take this exam. So I ended up taking the MCAT multiple times. I would do great on my practice test. Well, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't do great, but I would um, have a score that was uh, an average score on my uh, practice test. But when it came to the real McCoy, I bombed that thing so bad. It was so embarrassing. But I held on to this dream of being a medical doctor for so long. Keyword, I. I held on to this dream of being a doctor for so long. You could not tell me otherwise because I desired it so bad I automatically assume that it was for me so here it is I'm taking the MCAT multiple attempts I had you know probably test number five or six and mind you it caused to take this test I had people praying for me I was praying for me 
here it is, my last attempt. I finally did something that I should have done a long time ago. I prayed without assumption. I prayed without assumption, and that's key right there. Because at that point, I had taken the test so many times, I was tired. It was mentally and emotionally grueling for me to take this medical college admissions test. So this time when I took it, I was pretty much on my last leg because last leg because I was tired. So I prayed without assuming. I remember over the course of me praying uh, before that very last time that I'm referring to, I assumed that it was God's will for me to go to medical school. I mean, because after all, that's what my heart longed for. That was the desire that I had at the age of seven. And it was very pivotal for me because by this time I'm in my 20s, uh, mid-20s, and I am still holding on to this dream because I would take the MCAT over and over and over again because I just knew it, you know. I'm a little bit, um, I don't, a little bit stubborn, but I'm a person who will persevere almost sometimes to the detriment of, okay, let's just stop, refocus. And after, you know, six attempts, perhaps you should stop. Perhaps, you know, God is telling you something. It took me a while to get to that point of stopping. And I think at attempt number five or six, that's when I said, okay, something has, something has got to give. I, I need to just stop. I need to pause. I need to do something different. I need to not only pray, but let me fast about this. And so I prayed and I fasted. And I remember the particular time that I prayed and fasted about medical school was um, there was also some other things going on in my life um, regarding friendships, relationships. And so I was meeting up with um, a very, very dear friend of mine who is no longer living. She was uh, a praying woman and she prayed for me. She prayed with me. God used this person in my life for some major, major things, some major breakthroughs. And she prayed with me about medical school and I could go to her and I could count on her to really stand with me and to really seek God's face about what he wanted for me. And so I prayed and I fasted and it just so happened that the end of my fast was the weekend that she invited me to Indiana. And in Indiana, they had this, this prayer group. And so it just so happened that at the time when God would just give me answers right after my fast, it, it was the same time that I ended up in Indiana. And so I go to Indiana and we are praying and it's, it's the funniest thing at the time. I truly didn't understand it, but now I get it. Here it is. I'm expecting God to answer my prayer about medical school. He doesn't do that. What he does is give me insight and answer prayer about the relationships in my life. 
and I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, but that's not what I'm I like, God, what what's up? I am here because I'm expecting you to give me answers about medical school. Like at that time, my career in medical school was like um, it was it was another idol in my life. And if you didn't hear about the other podcasts about idols, go back and listen to that. But it was everything to me. When I tell you medical school was um, the end all and be all in regards to what I wanted in my career, I saw nothing else. I was focused, medical school, medical school, medical school, doctor, doctor. And so I was pretty disheartened to come to this prayer, prayer meeting and here it is these prophetic voices and let me tell you the prof- the prophecy that i was given about a relationship was spot on cuz god had showed me in a dream about some uh relationships a relationship that i needed to let go of and a relationship that god was going to mend it was the exact same thing that god had already showed me in a dream so their prophecy was spot on I had I didn't even talk to them about that and so there were other things in my life that the pastor's wife uh talked to me about and she was spot on God really used her to speak into my life and to really heal some things in me but there was no mention of medical school and I was just bummed out about that I was happy that God spoke to them about that and really let me know that he heard me. But my primary goal, my primary thing that I wanted answers for was medical school. And so I didn't get that at the time. And so I took the MCAT one more time and I failed miserably. I was beyond hurt because I had told myself this was the last time that I was going to take it because there was no way that I could be admitted with the score that I received. I had had enough. I mean, this was probably attempt number six. I had had enough. At that time, I was at my nine to five as a state caseworker, and I said, well, what in the world do I do now? I mean, because medical school was everything to me. I had my identity wrapped up in medical school from the age of seven. And so after that last attempt, this time I truly let it go. So what did I do? I paused. I paused I prayed, and this time I surrendered it to God. I asked God for more direction while I grieved the loss of a dream. And there was, you know, I look back now, and I really did grieve that that loss because, again, my identity was wrapped up in becoming a medical doctor. It was wrapped up in becoming a surgeon. So much so that I remember um, going to a church um, before that last attempt. I was at a church and this man told me to stand up. He was in the pulpit. I think he was a minister there or a prophet. He told me to stand up 
he gave me some words of encouragement and he also gave me this prophecy. He said, uh, you are going to help a lot of hurting people. And at the time I was thinking, well, of course I am. I mean, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a medical surgeon. Like, of course I'm going to help a lot of hurting people. Of course, God is going to use me to help a lot of hurting people. At that time, I thought he was talking about me being a doctor, but that's not what it was. And so fast forward, while I grieve the loss of this dream, God provided answers for me at that good old state job that I worked as a caseworker. God gave me an answer through the people that I served, but it wasn't the answer that I wanted. There's a lot of eyes in there, right? <laughs> Have you noticed? There's a lot of eyes in that. Um, God used that failure of multiple uh, low scores in my MCAT, multiple just just rejections with that score. God used that failure to show me and redirected me to what he wanted me to do. So again, God gave me an answer through the people that I served. Um, years ago, though, I just years ago, it's man, I, I say a lot of silly things. What I come to find out in the past, in the past, people years ago, I said these words about counseling. I said, I would never want to hear people's problems. I could never do that. I said those words and I can just imagine God just thinking like, girl, you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea. So God has a sense of humor, but it wasn't a laughing matter to me because through the people that I was serving as a state caseworker, while I was asking God what he wanted me to do, while I just grieved that loss of becoming a surgeon, God was giving me direction and giving me validation and confirmation that counseling was what he had always planned for me to do. I had young uh, ladies sit in my chair as I was providing them with resources and just talking to them. And one after another, they would say, you are so easy to talk to. I can just sit here all day. I wish you were my counselor. I mean, I would have these these people say that to me. And I was like, God, what? What? And I was reminded about how I laughed and really balked at the notion of counseling and counselors because I, I didn't have time to hear people's stories. I didn't have the patience to just sit there and listen and have people weep and all of that stuff. But here's the thing. It was so natural for me to do. And I started to kind of like it. I started to enjoy the one-on-one -on -one interaction that I had. I started to enjoy the experience, the transformation that I saw in people's lives as they shifted. And you hear the this word a lot, pivot. Uh, that, that's what we do as counselors. We help people pivot. So it's not a new concept. So I started to enjoy that transformational aspect that I saw happening in people's lives. And I didn't tell anybody because I was still 
processing the grief and still not tr like letting go of it in a sense. So, you know, I let it, I let it go just a little bit, but there was still some things that I was holding on to because I could not believe that God was saying, this is absolutely what I want you to do. And so I was hurt and I grieved that loss because again, my identity was wrapped up into a career that here's the thing. I never once asked God if that's what he wanted me to do. We have these desires and we automatically assume that it's God. We automatically assume that it's what God wants us to do. When in fact, he may have you in the area of serving or helping people. But that desire of me becoming a medical doctor, me becoming a heart surgeon, a cardiothoracic surgeon was never in God's plans. But here's the thing. What is in God's plans for me, as I discovered, was that he did want me to become a surgeon. He did want me to become a heart surgeon, just not in the way that I thought. Because God wanted me to deal with the wounds that people can't see. To deal with the wounds that are not, that are not so visibly seen with your eyes. So in essence, he did want me to become this heart surgeon. And by the way, I'm a current doctoral candidate for counselor education and supervision. And so I just counted all joy and I laughed because, oh my gosh, I never, ever thought that I would become a counselor because I was holding on to the dream that I just formulated for myself. I mean, I was seven, so it was a desire. But along the course of me growing up, I never thought that I should ask God what he wanted me to do with my life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways all thy ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path in all thy ways not some but all so what I know now is to if is to know that if I have a desire in my heart I need to see God did you birth this desire and if so you know what does that look like because you know God is is it's just so wonderful and wise and it's full of personality where um, he can put this desire in your heart and it's not, it may not look like the exact thing that you thought, but he's so wise and knowing, you know, how he has crafted you. Uh, in Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. So the, the, the talents, the skills, the knowledge that he has birthed me with, it is so spot on for me to become a counselor, to help people navigate through life, to be, you know, the hands, the ears, the eyes of God, to help them see life through his eyes, to see the solutions through his eyes. And so I take it as an honor 
that he has crafted me to be one who can help people on their journey of figuring it out his way, his way. And so if you are at a crossroads and you don't know where God is taking you, if you are at a crossroads and you are saying, I'm at this job and I'm stuck here and I don't know what to do. The first thing that I want to say to you is, as a believer, we are all mandated to have the same job in a sense, which is the great commission. Go ye therefore and make what? Disciples. How do we make disciples? We tell people about the good news. We show people the good news with our life, with our behavior, with the words that we say. That's a job that all believers are mandated from God to do. And it does not matter where he has placed you. You can bloom where you're planted. You can be used where God wants you to be, whether it is the career that um, he has for you or you are just passing through. Your job as a believer, that great commission does not change. It, it will carry you through from job to job to job, from career to career. No matter where he's placed you, that is in essence what he's called you to do. Um, when I think about someone in the Bible, I think about Moses and how God called him. Here it is. Moses was, if, if you read in uh, your word, Moses was, he was, a senior, basically, he was pretty old when God called him to go back and to d deliver the children um, of Israel out of Egypt. But God, but God used Moses training ground, you know, uh, to familiarize Moses and to know who he was dealing with, to know the, the people that he wanted delivered through Moses because Moses grew up in uh, the palace in Egypt. So he knew the people there, but then God took him from out of, took him from Egypt and Moses, you know, was in the wilderness and he had his moment and his time and God trained him. God trained his inner man to go back to deliver the people out of Egypt so wherever God has placed you he has purposed you and there's purpose for you there because what I realize now that when I was a caseworker that was training ground for me in so many ways there was training ground that's why I will forever be grateful that you know for that experience because God used that greatly in my life to show me me to show me God, to show me people, to teach me submission, to so many things that God used that in my life to show me. And so when I connect the dots, you know, from the little girl, age of seven, who wanted to be a doctor, that dream of becoming a doctor, that was God. Now, the way that I thought it would be, the way that I assumed, rather, because I never again thought to ask God as I gotten older, never thought to ask God, what do you want me to do? Is this the desire that you put in my life? And what should I do with this desire? I never thought to ask God. But when I came to myself after multiple attempts 
with the MCAT when I was so grieved and so hurt and sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired of having this horrible MCAT score. That's when I said, let me try it another way. Let me ask God what he wants me to do. He formed me. He shaped me in my mother's womb. He has purposed me to do something great for him. What is that? And when I asked him and he gave me confirmation that I did not easily accept (laughs) first off, but when he told me and showed me and he was changing my heart at the same time and I finally said yes, the doors opened. The doors open and I thoroughly enjoy giving to others. I thoroughly enjoy helping and listening and helping people navigate life, helping people navigate relationships in God's way because it is the best way. I thoroughly enjoy helping people give, you know, giving them the skills, the the capacity to really enlarge their heart and their perspective. I thoroughly enjoy that. And God knew that. He fashioned me for this. He fashioned me to be in the helping field and help people in this way. So I want you to connect the dots. Look at where you are. Look at your story. See how God has connected your dots. Because oftentimes, You know, what we're running away from is exactly what God wants us to do. Look at your skills. Look at your talents. God has placed those in your life for a reason. And how are you serving people? Because isn't that what it's all about? It's about serving others with the talents, with the skills, with the abilities that he's given us. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've gotten some type of insight. You are listening to A Single Moment with your host, Deanna Seals. You all have a great day and join me on the next episode.